Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. verses 12 through 17, something that I believe I want to share with the body of Christ on, on this morning. I realize that we're in testing times, and quite oftentimes you see really what's inside of a person come out during the times of great testing. But I just believe that the test that we're undergoing right now not a test that uh, the enemy has total control over. The enemy may have started it, but I believe that God is in the midst of intervening to take advantage of this situation. And so I would that you would go with me to the word of the Lord, James 1, verses 12 through 17. I'm going to ask those in the sanctuary if you would stand for the reading of God's word. I invite you to read along with me, if you so choose. And it reads, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say that when he is tempted, that I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own life, own lust and enticed. When lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. When sin is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Word of the Lord is blessed. Just before we pray, if you can gain the attention of someone that's near you, would you just turn to them and just tell them this test is making me stronger. This test is making me stronger. Let's pray. Precious Father, we honor you and thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege, the opportunity, being able, oh God, to address the body of Christ. We realize it's not I, but certainly it is you, Lord, that has taken the, the opportunity to communicate what your will is, what your desire is. God, your encouragement, your admonition, your challenge, whatever the case may be, we ask that you would seize these moments. God, to take full advantage, captivate the hearts, the minds, the thoughts of your people now. Encourage us, oh God. Strengthen us through your word. God, that we might be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, we give, ask, God, that you would give us the ability 
to stand in the midst of this adversity, to stand in the midst of testing and challenging times, realizing that the testing and the trying of our faith, God, it works patience, patience, hope, hope experience, so that we won't be ashamed, but have the ability, oh God, to certainly go forth in power. Hallelujah. We've often said, Lord Jesus, there should be glory after this, but there'll be more than just glory. There'll be power and anointing and blessing and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. After this. And so we ask, God, that you would encourage the hearts of your people. Enable us, oh God, to stand strong. Use this time of testing not to become bitter, but to become better. We ask in these things and others in your name and for your sake. We say thank you, Lord. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. Temptation is a reality in our lives, but it's a reality that many times we don't necessarily like talking about. The church doesn't talk that much about temptation, and quite frankly, uh, when I was coming up in the church, I came up in an atmosphere where Folk acted like they were never tempted by anything. Temptation was a word that was taboo to our vocabulary. We didn't talk about temptation. We didn't admit that we were tempted by anything. You didn't talk about being tempted. You didn't give place to the devil. As a matter of fact, well, today many of us still don't refer to him as Satan. We only give him titles of enemy because we didn't want to talk about the devil. You didn't speak of any kind of weakness at all. You were an overcomer through Jesus Christ. You were the head and not the tail. You were above and not beneath. You, you, were, you, know, you lived in goodly houses. You ate from the good of the land. Nothing in your life was going on wrong at all. You drank high sea juice from the, from the faucet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you had it every, every, all together. Your world was well. But beneath all of that grandiosity, all of us had problems. We had the same problems that everybody else had. We just preferred not to talk about it. And because we didn't talk about it, in many cases it produced frustration, intimidation. We became aggravated and because we didn't know how to effectively talk through what was really going on. And as you wrestled with the complications and the complexities of your own life, though you were too embarrassed to talk about it, it never diminished what was really going on on the inside. You couldn't discuss your struggle with anyone for fear that you would be ostracized. Even today, there are those among us that act like they have never done anything wrong, that they have been saved all of their lives. And they live on such a high pinnacle, if you will, that they would make you, want to make you believe that nothing ever bothers them, nothing touches them, nothing frustrates them, nothing causes them to, to be weak at all. And they never get weary in well-doing. That everything is lovely with them. And they have no problems at all. 
But the reality is that that's not true because the Bible is very clear about temptation. It's very clear about the scope of, of temptation. It says here in Scripture, in spite of what we'd like for others to believe, that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. It didn't say some men. It didn't say a few good men. It didn't say poor men. It didn't say black men or white men or red men or brown men. The word of the Lord says every man. It's just He just makes a blanket statement covering everybody. From the man standing in the pulpit to the one singing in the choir to the man serving in the sanctuary to the man that's in the congregation. Makes no difference who you are, where you come from, what your socioeconomic status is in life. I don't care how many titles you have in front of your name or behind your name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every man is tested. Too many of us think that by getting in a certain position in the church that it automatically exempts us from certain types of temptations and struggles. And so, and because we hold leadership in such high regard, we have to pretend, okay, that, that, that we don't ever get tested. We don't ever get tempted. We're, nothing ever bothers us or anything like that. Glory to God. It's almost like uh, uh, we want folk to believe that God has given us by reason of having a title, some kind of visa or a passport that affords us certain privileges of being able to go through like everybody else goes through. But I just want to let somebody know today that the higher you go up, the greater the test. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go ahead and wear the title if you want to. The devil sees you and the title, and he will come to try you and the title. I believe the mere fact that you proclaim Jesus to be your Lord and Savior automatically puts a bullseye on, on your chest. And you might su suggest to us that temptation, glory to God, hallelujah, never comes to you. But I want to differ with you. That is a lie. Because Bible said every man is tested. And the idea that you engage in temptation doesn't automatically make you to be a sinner. Okay? The Bible speaks openly about Jesus being tempted. Jesus being tested. After he had fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, the enemy tested him, tempted him, because the devil knew that he was going to be hungry after he had come off the fast. And so he tempted the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, with bread, saying, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. But you've got to have the strength, and it becomes important to have the scripture behind you. Because Jesus defended himself with scripture. Enemy tried to test him. If you really, all that you say that you are,
cast yourself down from this mountain. You said in your word you could throw yourself down lest your, your angels would, would, would bear thee up. Let's see it. Again, Jesus came at him with scripture. And because I'm dumb enough to just reason that in my little childlike mind that if Jesus was tested as holy as he is, if Jesus was tempted as much God as he is, it would be foolish for me to think that I'm not going to have my turn in the barrel. I'm just simplistic enough to believe that no doubt without, this is what I know about you too, without hiring a CSI, Hallelujah, to follow you around without doing a DNA test on you, without chasing you around with a private investigator, without giving you a lie detector test, uh, glory to God, without being a peeping Tom in your bedroom. I know you're going through a little something. Even now you're going through a little something. Hallelujah, COVID-19 is testing everybody. Hallelujah. And yes, uh, you being tested or tempted in an area, glory to God, that's a part, hallelujah, of being uh, a human being. And I believe that's a part of the reason why we're here this morning. That's why you got up this morning and turned your television set on or your computer on, whatever it is that you're doing this morning. That's why you have made your way into the house of the Lord on this morning is because you realize that you need the kind of encouragement that comes through the Word of God to enable you to resist and counteract and fight back and fight against the things that you're going through right now. Because if you didn't have this going on in your life, if you didn't have these kind of intrusions, there would be no reason for you to be, be here, connected with us in a service like this. But the vast majority of us are here because we are convinced that God still has more for us. That's why we keep saying there'll be joy, there'll be glory after this because we realize that just going through is not enough. Uh, hallelujah, that God has a reward for them that actually go through. And God has shared a couple of nice things with me this morning, amen, that really blessed me during the course of the week, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. First, let me say that I believe that the saints that fall into bondage generally don't want to be there because uh, sin has such terrible consequences that people don't generally like becoming victims of sin. What Christian man or what man, period, for that fact, uh, really wants to have the title of an abusive person. Who wants to wake up every morning and the first thing that you think about is being abusive to your spouse or abusive to those that live with you? Who wants to who live every day and walk around with the guilt and the shame of being exposed to this kind of behavior? Who would want to be an alcoholic? Just tell me, who wakes up in the morning 
and says, you know, I think I want to be an alcoholic for the rest of my life. I think I want, glory to God, just, just to ruin my entire testimony. I want, to make, I want to mess up my life. I want to destroy my liver. I want alcohol to eat up my body. I want to say goodbye to my career. I want to lose my family. I want to urinate all over myself. I, I want to be a total idiot. That's what I want to do with my life. Nobody wants that. Who wakes up in the morning and says, today I think, my God, I think that I am going to be the other woman. And I'm going to be the other woman for the rest of my life. I'm going to spend uh, Christmas by myself, holidays all along. Uh, I'm going to wait for three days after the holiday to, to talk to somebody else's husband. I'll be satisfied with quick emails, quick calls from anonymous places. Uh, I want to be able to duck and dodge, leave out through the window, through the back door. I, I want to date someone, glory to God, that's dating somebody else. I want to be a spare tire for the next 15 years. I don't think anybody says stuff like that. And I know you can't say anything. You know, because you need to be able to keep a straight face. Glory to God. But the reality is that there is something in each of us. There is something that's after us. Causing us uh, to want to take consideration of whether to resist the enemy or give in to fleshly desire. And if we don't take action or fight against the thing that is threatening us, that wants to take us out, then we'll end up just kind of giving in. And we'll ruin our testimony and God won't get the glory. So here comes the conflict. Why do we do things that we don't like to do? James here is open to talk about without hesitation about temptation. And I'll be glad when the church gets out of the place of where we're in denial and is willing to come down to the front and just confront where we really are. That says, that, be, that are willing to say, I'm tempted in this area and not have to have the reservation that you're going to be condemned. Because you're tempted. I'll be glad when people can come to church and stop being phony and just be real. Glory to God. And just be able to say, this is my issue. Pray for me. Seems foolish to me to take the time to go to the doctor. Take off all your clothes. Get in the examination outfit. Hallelujah, lie or sit or do whatever he asks you to do and start talking about the symptoms that you have. And he says, what is the matter? Where does it hurt? And then you say, I don't have any pain. I don't have a problem. I'm perfectly fine. I'm doing absolutely wonderful. There is nothing that's wrong with me. Nobody goes to the doctor and says that. But we come to the church 
and we literally try to pretend uh, that there is nothing wrong at all uh, when we've got all of these underlying issues uh, that God needs to deal with. And you have to be open and honest enough to say, I have a problem right here. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know what this situation is. But I need help. Just like the person that would go to the doctor and be finally honest and says, when you touch me right here, it starts to hurt. And everybody in here, if you touch us in the right spot, you're going to get a reaction. And that's why we need Jesus. In the text, it deals with two types of temptation. And I, I am really fascinated, and I want to make my point, okay, about one particular temptation that I believe that's necessary for us to understand. This kind of temptation is the temptation that is synonymous with testing. Our ability to endure it or overthrow it and do it continuously will enable us to gain what the scripture refers to as the crown of life. And, and, and I realize that you love God. And the idea that we love God plays a major role in our having the intestinal fortitude or the strength to really dig in when we are tried, when we are tested, rather than to give up and to give in to our own nature. Because in this type of test, God is in charge of the test. God is one that's both giving the test and God is also the one that's going to give us a crown if we pass the test. It is God at the wheel training us and developing us for the purpose of equipping us to do battle against the enemy. And many of us think that God is just picking on us when we're going through, but God is really preparing us, training us so that we might be able, amen, to defeat the enemy. Because in this type of test, God's in charge. In this kind of temptation or testing, it has nothing to do with sex. It has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol. It has everything to do with building up godly character. Do you know that God orchestrates these tests in your life for the purpose of grading you and helping you to understand where you are in your walk with God. What determines where you are in him is your ability to actually go through the process. These tests are, are, are layered, if you will, with, with temptation. And they generally have something to do with weight. And when I think of the term weight, then my mind automatically goes, to the gym. And so this let me talk about the gym because that's something that most of us are familiar with, even if we don't go. Because we see it on TV. We see the other people on, on TV. 
We see them in the, in, in the gym. They're, they're running. They're lifting weights. They're pulling against something. They're resisting something. Hallelujah. And the whole process is not to destroy them, but actually to build them up so that they become stronger. And as they pull against the weight, and begin to manage the weight, uh, glory to God, uh, it reminds me that there are weights that the Lord brings into our life, and it has absolutely nothing to do with sin. Because what we're experiencing even now, and what we have experienced in times past, uh, hallelujah, is God brings into our lives a tough time uh, so that we might pull against it. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, 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 oh. Seasons of pandemic, a loss of job. He brings obstacles and trials, uh, losses, uh, problems with children, sickness, uh, death of loved ones uh, for the purpose of building up our our faith. And these are weights of life. And you have to learn how to manage them. And what I found out is when God brings a test, and I want you to keep praying, because we should never stop praying, but when God is given a test, you can't cast it out. You can't plead the blood of Jesus. You can't rebuke the devil. I mean, you can rebuke the devil, but it won't do any good. You just have to learn how to deal with it. You have to learn how to lift it, how to manage it, how to endure it. Glory to God. And the more that you resist, the more that you handle it, the more that you manage it, the stronger you become. And this was not put on you or given to you to kill you, but it was there in order to bless you, to establish you, to strengthen you, to build you up. And every time you resist it, you get stronger and stronger. Every time you pull against it, you get better and better. Every time you go against the pain that it causes, God is able to take you to another level. It's stretching you, by the way, but you're getting blessed by it. Your flesh cries out against it, just like it does in the gym. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're sweating and, it, and you keep on working until it hurts. Uh, next morning, you might even be sore. But you realize, uh, just like with, the, with, 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 with it spiritually, Romans 8 says, and we know that all things work together for good uh, to them that love the Lord, those that are called according to his purpose. And so as God is over in the corner monitoring uh, and evaluating, uh, glory to God, how well you're doing, uh, he's watching you. Uh, he's watching you do the curls. Uh, he's watching you do the, the bench press. Uh, hallelujah. He's watching you deal with people. He's watching you uh, how you deal with tough times. Uh, and the better that you deal with it, uh, the more God gives you uh, the crown of life. By the way, the term crown of life was taken from the Greeks. And if you have ever watched the movie Gladiators, hallelujah, the last man standing gets the crown. 
Hallelujah. There's only one crown, but it's given to the, to the guy that is standing at the end of the contest. And when everything is said and done uh, and life has dealt you uh, the cruelest blow possible, uh, you have to be able to withstand the enemy. And stand still uh, with your loins girded about with truth. And recognize, just like in the gladiators, uh, some are falling by the wayside. Uh, some are going back. Uh, hallelujah. But you have decided uh, that you won't quit. Uh, that you won't faint. You won't give in. Uh, hallelujah. That you, uh, you won't turn and walk away. Because God says, I'm going to bless you. Just because you stood, just because you stood strong, whoever this is I'm talking to, God says, hallelujah, if you're the last man standing, you're going to receive the crown of life. And I realize that it's heavy, hallelujah, but God says it's not going to break you. Hallelujah. It might make you cry, but it's not going to break you. It might make you grumble and complain, but it's not going to, it's not going to break you. You have to decide I'm going to I'm going to resist the temptation to go back into my old ways, into the things of, of my past behavior. I am going to bring, uh, glory to God, everything that comes against me, uh, I'm going to bring it under the authority uh, of Jesus Christ, uh, even though it's not fair, even though, uh, glory to God, I didn't ask for it, even though uh, others uh, are sitting around uh, that don't have to necessarily deal what I have to deal with. I know that if I endure temptation, I shall receive a crown of life. And so I'm just saying to somebody, you just got to learn how to deal with it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say it with me. Just deal with it. Yeah, because if you don't deal with it, it'll deal with you. If you don't manage it, it will manage you. If you don't handle it, it will handle you. Glory to God. And I'll go back to my old faithful statement that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And so especially during this time, you've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Just because you can quote scriptures doesn't make you tough. Just because you can shout real good and real fast, that don't make you tough because after the shouting is done, after the music is played, after the crowd goes home, after we have said amen, we still got to deal with what we got to deal with. Just because you know all the hymns doesn't make you strong because Glory to God, you have the ability to uh, have a testimony of how long uh, you've been in the church. It doesn't make you tough when you can stand uh, and you don't break under pressure. Uh, glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. That's when you can proclaim that you're tough. You've made up in your mind that these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, they work for me a more exceeding and internal weight of glory. And the more that you deal with the issues of life, the stronger you'll begin to feel yourself coming. 
And so you see that the, the weight is not being changed by repetitions, uh, glory to God, but muscles are being developed uh, because of the repetition. And the more that you go through, uh, the stronger that you become. Uh, hallelujah. So don't, 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 don't get upset because you're going through because the tests come uh, to make you stronger. Life is not going to change, but you're going to have to change your mind about life. And the more you deal with things, the stronger you become. And uh, hallelujah, glory to God. Uh, I just believe uh, that because of the way that we've handled ourselves up to this point, uh, that a change is coming. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I believe that a change uh, is on the way. Uh, God says that I love you too much uh, to endanger our relationship by putting you into a situation that I don't give you the power to come out of. You don't have to be Houdini. You've got Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not like some foolish or jealous girlfriend. Hallelujah. Where they try to test you to see whether or not you really love them. God is not trying to do that at all. God says, I will never put more on you than you can bear. I'll never do anything to jeopardize the relationship that we have together. But if you find yourself vulnerable, if you find yourself in a compromising position, it's not God that's doing it. He said, I may train you with weight, but I'll never tempt you with sin. And maybe that's not important to you, but it becomes very important to me. Because I want to know that if I'm going through Hallelujah, I'm going through because uh, God has put me to a test, uh, not because I've got some self-inflicted uh, lustful demon that's running loose in my life. And, and, and see, for some of us being tempted, glory to God, uh, we've got to understand uh, if you're being tempted to sin, uh, it's not the Lord that's doing it. Glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. It might be the enemy that's drawing you away, but, 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 but I encourage you not to look at it that way. Temptation. Glory to God. Uh, that God brings is not a temptation that causes one to sin. God is saying uh, that I'm not tempting you to sin. Uh, glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. I'll teach you lessons regarding holy living. Uh, hallelujah. I'll be there. Uh, glory to God to train you so that you'll be stronger in the Lord uh, and in the power of, of my might. Uh, but I will never be there to destroy you. And so you feel like sometimes God is, is training you and teaching you. And it's hard sometimes for us to appreciate what God is taking us through. But I've got to serve notice to you. Hallelujah, that God, uh, hallelujah, is getting us ready for what is about to come. God would never allow this to come. Certainly wouldn't allow certain situations to stay as long as it's staying if, if it wasn't for the fact that he is preparing us for something that's greater. And so he says, let no man say that when he is tempted, Glory to God that I am tempted of God because God cannot be tempted with sin. Neither does he tempt any man. 
God says, I can't do it. Hallelujah. Since it is not in my nature, if you're tempted to sin, it's not me that's in the, that's in the business of doing that. He says, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not interested in exposing you to things that would take you away from me, that would jeopardize our relationship. And so when we go into the 13th verse, we see the contradiction. Hallelujah. In verse 12, God is giving it. God's controlling it. God is monitoring it. God is rewarding it. In the, in the 13th verse, God says that he doesn't have anything to do with that. If you're really into that, don't let anybody say that when you're being tempted, that it's me. I don't do that. And when we read the English version, there seems to be a blatant contradiction. But when we read the original text, there are two different types of temptation. Verse 12, glory to God, there's, there's a test to make you better. And it represents, uh, one, lifting weights in order to become stronger. The weight is not there to kill us when we go into the gym. Glory to God. It's not there to take us down. It's the, for, there for the purpose of actually building us up. The second word, tempting, tempted, is not there to make you better. It's there for the purpose of destroying you. In this book of James, uh, James says, uh, glory to God, uh, hallelujah, that I'm not there to tempt you to sin, to take you down. Hallelujah. I am not engaged in that kind of activity because I'm not trying to do anything to make you fall. I'm not trying to do anything to make you fail. I'm not going to send so much pressure that you crack. I'm not going to encourage you to go back into past behaviors or anything like that. I'm not interested in getting you that. I'm only interested in building you up. I'm interested in strengthening you. I'm interested in educating you. I'm interested in making you better. Hallelujah. I'm preparing you for the next level, uh, hallelujah, of glory that's going to come into your life. And so let no man say that when he is tempted, he is tempted of God. I want to explain just before I quit here. See, in order for sin to be effective, there has to be something in you already for the enemy to attach himself to. Because God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither does he tempt any man. The Bible says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. There is nothing in God that makes me want to sin. There's nothing in God that makes me feel like I need to. He doesn't, as a result of serving God, I don't suffer from low self-esteem because God is not trying to make, break me down so that I suffer with esteem problems. He's not after trying to break me until I'm abused by God. He never has needed to affirm himself by making any of us less than who we are. That's why his name is Jehovah Jireh. 
because he's there to provide. Jehovah Rapha, no, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shammah, hallelujah. He is the great I am, and, and, and he tests us so that we might ultimately become better because God is awesome. And when we engage God, we become awesome. So God is saying to us that if you feel like you're being set up to fail, it's not me. And part of the problem is whenever we get in trouble, whenever we mess up, there's always a tendency to want to blame God, blame somebody else. And God is saying, if you're tempted to sin, don't blame anybody else. You're to blame. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Let me say something about the devil, by the way. I want to let you know that Satan is not all powerful. That Satan is not in total control. I don't care what we're going through, what we will go through. Satan is not totally in control. He cannot do anything that he wants to do whenever he gets ready to do it in your life. You are not that vulnerable to the enemy. The devil is a defeated foe already, and so you don't have to worry about him gaining the mastery over you. It's really not the devil. The devil doesn't do anything. He just capitalizes on whatever our weakness is. He's nothing more than a butler in a bailman. He was a servant in the universe before he got expelled out of heaven. Enemy is already cast down in your life. He's already uh, uh, been sentenced to a damnation. He's already cast down. And whatever he does, hallelujah, he has to get permission from God. We studied a little while ago that in the book of Job, he had to get permission in order to attack Job. God was so confident in what he had put Job, uh, hallelujah, had put inside of Job that when Job was tested, he never lost his integrity. And so God was proud to ask the enemy, have you considered my servant Job? That doesn't sound like someone who's in control of me. That doesn't sound like uh, someone that has the ability to do whatever he wants to do in my life. So stop thinking for a moment that the enemy can just walk into and waltz into your life. Glory to God, whenever he gets ready, the enemy can't do any more than God allows him to do. And just let me say this about the enemy before we pray. Hallelujah. He is nothing more than a cheap whoremongering liar trying to suggest things to you that are not true. The Bible says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he shall flee from you. God says, I'm ready to raise you up. I'm ready to declare you to be a warrior. I just need to put you through training camp. 
I just needed to have you go through boot camp. I had to get you ready for what is getting ready to come. Things are not going to get easier in life. They're going to get worse. And so I got to prepare you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I've got to give you the power, hallelujah, to rebuke the devil and take control of a situation. And so I'm putting you through this training. I'm building you up. I'm going to make you strong. Hallelujah. When you see trouble coming, I am going to get you to the point where you praise God and thank God. Hallelujah. For the fiery trials that come to try you as something strange. Hallelujah. You're going to be able to give God the glory. Just touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I got good news. Yeah, the devil's not in control. There's no witch that can hex you. There is no demon that can control you. Hell is not in control. God is in control. I don't care what they do, what they try to do. The enemy is not in control. Even now, God is saying, after you have suffered a while, I'll strengthen you. I'll establish you. I will settle you. I will make you perfect. Just hold on. Keep on working out. Keep on giving God the glory. Keep on bombarding hell. And before long, you're going to see yourself stronger. They're going to see you strong. I wish somebody, hallelujah, had a praise uh, that could see what I'm seeing. Uh, hallelujah, where I, I can see, uh, glory to God, that God is making us stronger. God is coalescing us together. God is bringing us into one body, uh, one fold. Uh, glory to God, we're not separated, but we're depending uh, on one another, and it makes us stronger. I wish God would give somebody a praise uh, right here. Uh, glory to God, hallelujah, to let you know that you're on the verge of something good. That's why you need to hear that God is making you stronger. Don't look at the situation and throw your hands up. Look at the situation. Grab the bar and start lifting. Because God is going to bring you into an understanding, hallelujah, of what you're fighting who you're fighting, and what you're fighting for. And so I want to encourage you on this morning just to really be strong in God, in the power of his might. God said, hallelujah, I will never do anything. I'll never allow a test to come your way that you don't have the ability with my help to get through it. And so I want to encourage you to re remain steadfast, unmovable, continue to abound in the work of the Lord inasmuch as you know that your work in the Lord, your labor in God is not in vain. Would you stand all over the building? I want to pray. I realize it's not enough to just to say it. Amen. It becomes important to seal it in prayer for God to convince us, glory to God, that he's in control that our lives and our times are really in his hands. Give us the ability to understand that God is doing great things, that this is just a time of testing, and this time of testing is to make us stronger. Would you bow your heads with me? 
Precious Father, we honor you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we realize that we're in a season, oh God, where we can't touch, where we can't lay hands, but we realize that you have the power, God, to lay hands. You have the power to speak to hearts and to minds. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would bless us during this time, God, to draw closer to you, to engage in the process of faith building, to understand and know that faith is not built when we're on the mountaintop, but faith many times is built when we're in the valley, when we're during those times of testing, those times of trial. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you will continue to give us the strength to persevere, to stand when we don't feel like standing, to hold on when everything around us suggests that we should give up. You said in your word that the race is not given to the swift, the battle is not given to the strong, but he that endureth to the end, same shall be saved. He that endureth to the end will actually gain a crown of righteousness. Lord, we want you to be, be proud of us. We want you to get the glory out of our lives. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would break up the fallow ground in our lives. God, that you would dispel the folly. Cause us to realize and know that this is not a time to walk away from the challenge. But this is the time to meet the challenge head on. Knowing that you're with us. Knowing, God, that you're going to, to have your way. That you're going to get the glory out of our going through. That there will be joy after this. There will be an anointing after this. There will be power after this. Certainly there will be a blessing on the other side. Thank you for the reward, God, in advance. Thank you, Lord, that we're not going through for no reason at all. But we're going through so that we might become stronger. We're going through so that we might become more unified. We're going through, God, uh, hallelujah, so that we'll come out better, that we'll be better witnesses, that we'll have a testimony to share with the world because we've been tested and tried in the fire. Lord, have your way in us now. Have your way through us. God, if there's somebody out there that doesn't know you in the pardoning of their sins, we pray right now, God, that you would give them the ability. Lord, to just ask you to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from unrighteousness. Believe, God, that you have been raised from the dead, that you went to the cross. That you're now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. God, you said that we would confess our sins. You are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Make us clean make us whole. Make us one in Jesus Christ. God, we'll be careful, God, to give your name the glory. We'll give you the honor and the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. We say thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, wherever you are, put those hands together. Open up your mouth. Let's give God the praise on this morning for he deserves it. He's watching over us. He's monitoring our success. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.